My name is Chandelin. I am a mother, an artist, a recovering addict, and this podcast is part of my endless pursuit of breakthroughs. Well, some people are. Some people are watching, are some. listening. Glad you're here. Very exciting. Yes. We're excited to be here. It's um, Brennan and Shanda and my wife Carrie today. I'm here. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're going to do a little podcasting about, uh, we're going to talk about some haters today. Haters. I was say haters going to hate. If you've <laughs> been on my page any length of time, you may have been messaged by people who, um, don't like me, or maybe you've come across things when you've been searching my name. And uh, I think it's interesting how people interact. But uh, yeah, we're going to talk about some of that. Yeah, I think like um, we had talked about it that like um, just that, you know, bringing it out in the open, I think is like a a way of dealing with it, I suppose, but are just like addressing it and talking about it. Um, But we had like... uh, talked about this before where when we first started working with you um we like had to have this weird like talk because when we started working with you people were like saying things or like had friended us and there were some interesting things um that that we were like uh what is the deal with this stuff that's really interesting they're very determined people a small (laughs) select few a few of in a little group um in their little group yeah. Hanging around. Yes, and I, I would want to be clear too that like I don't I don't think we're talking about it to give them any sort of like, you know, like time or anything that No. <laughs> but I think that it's um I think it's just like a there's a certain breakthrough that you've had, I think, that or that we've had too working with you, um, where, you know, you're almost like at some point, you know, you're not operating out of fear of what somebody says, but there is that kind of like feeling of like, oh, well, I don't want to do this or that because somebody will say something. Um, so we'll talk about, I guess, the breakthrough part of it. But can you tell us a little bit about what, um, like how you deal with some of the hate that comes your way and what it's about? What, is it, what are the people like, what is the hate coming from? A multitude of things, but mm-hmm. mostly because I work in the treatment industry or mm-hmm. well, currently right now at this current moment, don't have a job in the treatment industry. But there are people that believe that the addiction treatment industry as a whole is evil and that every single person who participates in it or mm-hmm. does any type of marketing for a treatment facility is evil and um, it's just out there to make a profit off of people going to rehab and they have no genuine care or concern about what happens and they're just, they're these snakes and there's like this huge blanket that has been put over mm-hmm. people who work in this industry. And I didn't realize the magnitude of the hatred that these people had until it was a, a couple years into it and especially during my divorce that mm-hmm. was when like a lot of mm-hmm. just people came out of the woodwork so it was a combination of you know people that think all addiction treatment center workers are evil and then a divorce with um my ex's family and and you know they couldn't wait to get yeah, in there yeah. and and participate in articles and um mm-hmm. there's one pretty infamous article that has a uh, 
you know, things from my ex's family. And then also, oh, God, she was a patient broker. And there's just, oh, I drugged my kids with melatonin. And that's yeah, probably yeah. the mm-hmm. one of the most infamous ones. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what else was said besides I was patient broker and I drugged my children. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there there was that. And I deal with it um, by understanding that that, like, a, again, I don't know if I mentioned this before, there's self and then there's ego, right? Mm-hmm. So myself mm-hmm. is confident and knows what myself is. And then there's my ego that can be harmed and um, that feels the need to defend itself. So there's a difference between addressing things and, um, you know, making light of things or making jokes about yeah. them versus I am defending my name. I am not this. And these are all the reasons I'm not this. And I am a great upstanding citizen. I respond from a place of, calmly addressing things because it doesn't it now doesn't personally like damage me right you know what i mean yeah um before i mean when this started happening especially the beginning of my divorce it blindsided me because i was already like there's a lot i won't ever make public a day in my life about how my my past relationship was and my life circumstances um you know just to protect the people that were involved. I don't want to make them look bad. I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't I want to have genuine good the best relationships I can with these people and be able to co-parent peacefully and do all of these things peacefully. But if I say my side of things that happened, um that won't be a reality. You know right. what I mean? And and what's the sense? Okay, so well, he he did this and their family did that and all these people did this for what? Then we just both look bad. Right. You know what I mean? I'd rather just say, yeah. hey, maybe you don't know everything you you might have thought you knew. Right. And I um I think I, I took it in a pretty honorable way. Yeah. Like it, now reflecting back on myself, okay, I was like broken mentally. I was like just going through like the worst time of my life and I still chose not to say like not to mm. pull out all these weapons I could have. You know, I had an audience of of hundreds of thousands of people and if I wanted to demonize somebody I would have had the bigger voice, mm. um, but that's not what Jesus would do, dude. And I'm not yeah. saying that as if I'm self-righteous. It's just sincerely not what he would have done, and then I would have to live with that, and that would be like an eternal thing, and then I'd be judged upon that, and it would just like, you know, yeah. you know me, the, to the way my mind operates. This is the way I think of things. Yeah. Well, and when, um, you, when you react in, a, in that spot of of like anger and like just like vehemently like defending yourself mm-hmm. and, and and if you demonize somebody it almost legitimizes yeah their like claims. their their Legit- claims yeah. like yeah. she's this and that and the other thing and she's just you know whatever and it might not be true at all but you know how you reacted you know no i gave my kids well, melatonin i really did <laughs> so it was for a period of like two to four weeks and it was after the divorce and I'd gotten this new apartment. Mind Mm -hmm. you, these children had never known anything besides me and their dad being together. Mm. So we get this 50-50 custody. They're ripped apart from me. You know, half the time they're ripped apart from their dad and they would not sleep. Like they Mm. were having the most difficult time, like just going to sleep and they'd be all worked up and they'd be going crazy and they were emotionally all over the place. So yes, I gave them melatonin well, mm. for and, a period of right. a few weeks because it was a reasonable thing to do, and it's a it's a natural supplement. It, right. It's not like I'm giving the baby. I don't even know what sleeping meds are. I'm not giving the baby Valium. You know what <laughs> I mean? Yeah, yeah. Right. But that I I felt like that was the responsible decision. And it was one night that their father came over. Um, where I, th- I can't remember if it was like eleven or twelve at night. It was very late. And I had given my daughter some melatonin because this was during the period of time in which. 
things were chaotic and it must it must have stemmed from from there and mm. then just you know yeah. things got but uh, in his defense you know he probably thought oh that's not the right thing to do because i don't do it or like you could just wait until they go to sleep at one or two in the morning but like we had to lead normal lives and my son had to go to school and like mm-hmm. you know there were reasons yeah. but i guess i if if i were him having the feelings that he had towards me then it would be reasonable to find anything to try to hurt me because he felt hurt. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I don't know. If, well, now I wouldn't have reacted that way, but years ago, maybe that's what I would have done. So mm-hmm. no, no blame on you, dude. The, the thing that like was interesting, I think is because, okay, so we have, you know, um, the studio stuff and like, I'm always, uh, we did a podcast um, where we would go live regularly, like uh, maybe like a year or more ago. And, um, and we were, and you know, like the whole thing with haters, the whole idea of it, like, not, not that it like frightened me, but it definitely was in my mind. Like, what do we do if somebody comes on our thing and just like hates on us? Um, and I think it was like just really, um, so we, I guess we're, I guess what I'm saying is we're removed from those type of comments and things. And so when you had done, I think it was not one more, we put that song out and then there were some like negative comments on our page about it. It was just really, I want to say jarring is the right, because that sounds um, maybe overly dramatic. Oh, but but it, was, it was just weird. It was like, what is this coming from? And then, um, and I think that like, just the idea of things like that being on the internet and dealing with it, um, when we talked to you about it, um, I think I expected almost to continue after like a certain point, like when we would share songs that if people would say negative things. Um, and I know like I have friends that, have received similar like um, criticism from the recovery community. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a little bit where they, you know, people criticizing like using your story to become famous or however, however that people say that it is. Um, but what do you think it is about the recovery thing that um, the recovery community that people have negative? I mean, I guess there are negative connotations yeah. about like recovery in some ways, which there shouldn't be, but also that you have these people who are like quote unquote junkies or um, I don't know, there's just some negativity that kind of like comes yeah. with it, I think. So you take people with probably not the greatest mental health mm-hmm. who have gone through traumatic life experiences, did not know how to cope in day to day life without using or drinking, right? Myself included. This mm-hmm. is not me, not included. And then, you know, they get clean, but they're they're interacting in this community of people who are similar to them, who have, I guess, these similar defects and these similar um, superhero powers. We have a power of influence, many people that have been through addiction, right? Um, and you take these people and you put them together and there's bound to be more criticism and, and judgment because... It's projection. You know, mm. when you really think about it, like you came out of a drip. When I had first gotten clean, I felt like the lowest, worthless piece of, you know, on the face of the earth. Cause here I am in my 20s with my son. I can't even provide for him. I'm living with my mom. I have no self esteem, no self worth. Um, so back at that time, it would have been easy for me to project onto somebody else and say, well, look what they're doing. Mm-hmm. to almost like shield myself from looking within and saying, oh, well, maybe you're not really where you want to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then if if you have just gotten out of drug addiction, cognitively, 
you're you're not where you're not at normal levels yet. Will you attain that? Of course you will with a period of recovery time. But in the beginning, your behaviors and the way you think are more erratic, and there's a lot you gotta you know uncover and deal with. And a lot of people um, never get the help they truly need, even when they quit drinking or quit using. So they're carrying around all of these negative thought patterns and these defects and this untreated mental health, um, myself included, up until like last year, right? So mm-hmm. like I'm just walking around with all these problems and mm-hmm. not dealing with them. And there's bound to be that criticism. And I think it's like uh, the underlying stigma of we can't, in a way, normalize drug addiction. Like sure, we can you know, tell people congratulations for getting clean, but don't you dare go out and share your story because it's not that normalized or we don't accept you that much. Mm -hmm. Or like, okay, we're glad you got clean, but I don't want you to go any further than this. Why? Because I haven't. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I've noticed this. This is why people think that I should donate all of my money to charity. Mm -hmm. Like there's like this underlying thing that, okay, well, we're glad you're alive, but we we don't want you going any further than this because if you did and part of that reason was because you shared your story then somehow you're profiting off of your 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 own victimhood or something Mm -hmm. you know i mean the underlying thing with the addiction treatment industry is that um the people who are addicted they're vulnerable right and so people are preying on them and taking advantage of them right Mm -hmm. and it's it's true that happens a lot and these are vulnerable people but it's almost like that translates that you can't use your own vulnerability to then become empowered and progress in life like mm-hmm. that's somehow still a no right right we'll let you do certain things but once you reach that level well now you're profiting off of your own misfortune and that's wrong right there's something there there's like a root there mm-hmm. there really I, is like uh i always it doesn't matter to me like uh we have people come to the studio um who are musicians and they want to um, have success with their music, and like the one of the first things that I say is like you should get good at storytelling. You know, you yep. tell yeah. your story because you need to. Um, people need to know what's behind your music for them to get connected to you and to what you're about and stuff. And so, like if your story is um, recovery, then that's what your story is. It's nothing. Right. You shouldn't be ashamed of sharing that with people. And also, you know, th- maybe, maybe there is something to um, some people exploiting it. I mean. Um, you know, I'm sure there is that out there. Um, but I think like once we had worked with you for a while and we had kind of like gotten, we were, we had the conversations with you and I remember the conversation being very tough. I was like, what, what is the what's scoop with the stuff that's being mm-hmm. said? Um, just because I, I just didn't want to be involved with something like, you know, that was negative or had some sort of negative undertone. And like, and I, I remember you were just even crying during that conversation or you were at least, um, emotional, in the sense of like that we, you know, at the idea that we wouldn't work with you because of something that somebody said. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not fair to you, but also you should be able to share your story um, as part of your music. And like all your music is your personal stories. And that's, that's true of anybody. I hope anyways, yeah. it should be, you know, there's like this line here, right? Because there's no way in the world that I had survived something. Most people don't, and I'm not going to talk about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's that. There's doing it for the right reasons because you're personally drawn to it. You care about other people. You want to help people. And then there's this just huge cut down the middle. And then there are the people 
that began sharing their stories realized, oh, I'm getting all this recognition. Mm -hmm. Well, now I'm going to exploit this subject because this is my only claim to fame, right? Mm -hmm. And so you can tell by the way that they speak or they interact with other people that there isn't that compassion there, that mm -hmm. there's an ulterior motive that this is their their honey pot. Mm -hmm. And they do deceive many people in, into thinking that, they actually care about them, and, mm -hmm. and I despise that, and I really try hard not to judge that. Um, I hope that I never become like that. I never am like that, ever. Like mm -hmm. That's one of the things that I hold close to my heart that I really don't like. Um, but I can, I can see maybe, okay, there's that side of it. Maybe that's why, you know, part of the reason why the recovery community is so like this, because they've seen a lot of people come into the public eye and then exploit other people, take um, women to treatment and assault them while they're on drugs. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. there's, there's There are good reasons also as right. well, but there's got to be, you got to be able to see the distinguishing line mm -hmm. between the people who do this because they love other people and they genuinely feel their own story right. still and then the people that know, hey, I can... I could do something with mm -hmm. this. And if I just, you know, put together the most heartwarming speech, then everybody believes in this and it gets me further. Um, I think uh, one day we will all have to answer to our own motives. Mm -hmm. And that's just, you know, yeah. I'm not here to judge which one has which one's motives, you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? But I think that's that's the reality. There's a that, lot to this, a lot of layers. The, um, the one thing that... Uh, you know, I appreciate it too, and I think that if you watch uh, your your stuff, and this is why we wanted to do the podcast, and like have it be kind of an inside look or a behind the scenes kind of look at some of the things that you do, and um, and uh, you know, I appreciate the amount of like uh, transparency that's there. Like sometimes, mm -hmm. like you share some things, it's almost like um, some of the things you share is almost, and I know it's uncomfortable for you, but it's like they're not always the most glamorous things to talk about in front of other people, even in a closed setting, let alone like <laughs> right. in, in a very public mm -hmm. way. Um, so I appreciate, you know, the, the transparency part of that, but also like with the internet, you really don't know, you know, what's, what's happening out there and like, you know, what people are really like, you know, on the other side of that. So, yeah. I mean, it's always the struggle, I guess, of, of doing your music and trying to, you know, convey your message and being as, as, you know, as real as you possibly can. Um, what was the, uh, is there like a breakthrough moment with the, uh, with the haters that like really changed your perception? Yeah. I can kind of, I think you had mentioned it before, uh, sometime around like, um, when you were, um, you were figuring out what to do maybe with uh, a couple of the people in particular, um, you were l like maybe seeking action or something. I don't remember exactly what it was. Yeah, there was going to be that. And then I realized it's pointless because who am I to go uh, to be in the public eye and come out unscathed? That's just an unrealistic mm -hmm. expectation. And then why would I think that I'm special to not have bad things said about me? I have since the beginning, especially in my hometown. But then it was realizing with at least the treatment part of things, like if there are people who are out there, and granted, I'm not a counselor and I'm not a nurse, right? Mm -hmm. At least registered, right? I do mm -hmm. I do similar things, at least to a counselor and a coach. Um, but if there are people out there that are able to make a living by helping other people, why am I wrong for doing so, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it was just this 
it was a breakthrough moment. Something switched on in my brain because these people will try to actually not only make the world believe that there's something wrong with what you're doing, but make you personally believe that you are wrong for working in the drug addiction treatment industry because you're profiting off of vulnerable people, right? And it's like they almost take the heart out of it. They take the compassion out of it. They strip everything away and try to make you believe this one very stark, very dark thing about yourself. And mm. so I latched onto that for a while. Mm. I was like, maybe I am wrong and I, I don't want to do this anymore. And, you know, I, I would read their articles and then it just hit me. If Why aren't they writing that about nurses? Why aren't mm. they writing that about addiction counselors, mm. right, who are getting paid to counsel people going through addiction. Why aren't they writing this about the techs that are working in the sober living homes? Why aren't they writing this about the doctors prescribing medication and may, having a paycheck from it to, to people who are addicted? Why? Mm -hmm. Nobody else mm -hmm. besides this one small section of people. And then I realized like, this was a lie I allowed myself to believe. Mm -hmm. And it almost stopped me from doing a lot of great things I've been able to do. And one day just the blinders were taken off of me and I decided I, I don't choose to believe this lie. And I'm going to tell you right now, like I don't believe that these people are demons. Mm -hmm. I believe they're influenced by them though, 100%. Because in the Bible, they call Satan uh, the accuser, right? And that's all these people do. It's they accuse and accuse and accuse and accuse the blasphemers. And that's what they do. Anything small, they'll take screenshots of me in my video, say I look bad or this or that, or, oh, I'm not getting as many views, or, oh, look at this awful patient broker. You know what I mean? Like just anything they can find and just accuse wherever they can, just worming in. And it just, I woke up to it. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a phone conversation with one of, one of the people that writes these things about me, and it was our third conversation, um, like uh, past an hour into the conversation, and this person wanted to get information out of me and was just very like, oh, I want more details about your life and accusing and all of this, and I could deal with all of that. I was being compassionate to this person, and then this person um, alluded to the fact that my aunt had died because I hadn't done more for her because mm -hmm. my aunt passed from alcohol addiction. And if I, aren't you the person that helps everybody and aren't shouldn't you have done an intervention? Do you think if you would have, you would have saved her? And don't you think that this is like kind of mm -hmm. your fault? Mm -hmm. And it was in that moment that I wasn't hearing this person's voice anymore. I realized like, this is the devil. You know what I mean? Like it, <laughs> yeah. it really did. It woke me up though. I was like, this this is straight up what the devil would say. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Who, who would do that? I would never, I would never, ever in my life, right? right? And then I just realized from that point on, like, no, I'm not believing this anymore because it's not true. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, how are you going to tell me who I am? You well, know what I mean? Some of the, uh, too, some of the negative comments um, that I noticed that when we first started, you know, working with you, and then eventually they just went away because I stopped looking. Um, I stopped, uh, or we stopped. We we didn't accept their friend requests at a certain point, and then we just stopped seeing it. Um, but, like, whatever we saw, sometimes they were just, like, personal attacks. They weren't like you were doing something wrong. They yeah. were just, like, yeah. <laughs> they were just like you just looked a certain way in a video or you had, uh, or, like, they didn't like the, the song that you did or they... Um, they uh, said that 
you know, there were things that were like you were pretending at the studio or something. I don't remember. But there are always things. Oh, that yeah, that I like, don't write my own poetry or music. I mean, just yeah, yeah. like you get to a point where you're like, well, why? Why are you doing this right. now? Right, yeah. I think any, actually, I know, like any rational person that stumbles across these articles or is messaged by these people, any rational, like, level-headed person will have an understanding right away that this is inaccurate and yeah. that this is like just not you know what i mean once yeah, you yeah. read into it you you have to see the spirit behind it okay so, so say you don't believe in spirituality you have to see the intention behind it mm-hmm. and once you get that and it's clear to you ever it all makes sense mm-hmm. but a lot of people are waiting to believe something bad about somebody else they're just waiting for mm-hmm. you know that they, they can't possibly believe that there might be a decent person out there and it mu- the world must all be an illusion so they must be bad too and again that's a reflection upon themselves because they this is what people believe about themselves mm-hmm. that you know part of them could be good but they see all their defects so they must think that everybody else is mm-hmm. the same and that right. there's just this inner world that isn't being shown um and and yeah so i i think most people walk away well and it's that you know uh, i mean you know, like the one bad apple ruins the whole bunch, you know? So in your like line of work, yes, there are people that prey on mm-hmm. vulnerable people. Oh, yeah. Yes, there are those types of people, but not everybody is like that. Like, you know, it's, you know, n- n- just because there's one bad cop out there doesn't yeah. mean they're all bad. Just I've said that about one, a number of you things. You know, yeah. I mean, there can be, well, there can there's be bad at, people everywhere, but yeah. like there's also the good people that are doing things because they legitimately care about, you know, whatever. There are bad uh, music producers and bad, like, I mean, you know, there are people in the music industry who are, like, awful too. And, like, um, you know, that doesn't mean that the whole music industry is bad or that, like, just somebody that's in it is is just bad by, you know, affiliation. Just because they're affiliated with it or doing a job for it. I mean, uh, if it were any any other company, any other thing, a marketing person is... That's a little. That's a legitimate job. Like mm-hmm, somebody right. that is marketing for, you know, if we hired you to to market for the Ohio Recording Company, I mean, that's a legitimate job. You know, so I mean, I don't understand. Well, there is some. You know, there's like some. The whole, uh, there's some like um, uh, specifications or some like thing about it. Maybe we don't need to talk about it in this whole podcast, but we could do another one about yeah. just what it is. But about what it is your your job actually is outside of music. Um, and, and maybe we save that for another time. But I had one more question about yeah. the haters and in, in pertain which pertains to maybe your music. Does it sting more if somebody says something negative about your music than it does about the recovery stuff? A hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's deeply personal, and we write that, and like it comes from a a deeper place than just the brain alone. Um. So yes. Mm. Uh, so the people who bl- write blogs, if you really want to hurt my feelings, I'll give you some ammunition. You can talk about my music. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to read your blogs, but like you <laughs> could do it. You yeah. could do it. Just to to you know, I would assume that that would sting much much harder because just to quote you from the one of the last I don't know if this will be the next podcast that we put up or yeah, not. Um, but you said, you know, you know, we were talking about therapy and and Brennan asked if if uh um, you thought like creating music and that type of thing was was therapeutic, and you said, "Well, of course, because we're made in the likeness of God, 
and God loves, what does he do more than love everybody is he creates and that's a very deep and spiritual thing you know mm-hmm. like for, for and you said that in the last in one of the so then you're taking like this thing that like that like is the is ultimate like, thing and then is the ultimate is thing cr- that like you know, comes like it. from yeah. this deep spiritual place and then right. like saying these like awful things about it like so that <laughs> but i think that's why people i think that's honestly why people feel the need to um, comment about like things like music and whatever is because they want to you know tear somebody down. Yeah, they want to hurt people. Yeah, and I mean that's or, kind mm-hmm. of a, a, a I don't know a generic way of saying um, that they're jealous or whatever. Well, but I w- I would say before we end, like don't think these musicians are not reading your comments. Mm-hmm. I don't think it matters how big their pages are or their followings are. They're reading this. They're retaining it. So when you leave that comment out there, it's not like it's just your your opinion that's only being seen by you and you alone and you felt good for leaving it there because you hated the song. Like The musicians are actually reading this. And can you imagine putting your most personal inner world out into the world maybe it's not through the form of music maybe it's through your i don't know your kids you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like this came from you from a deep Mm -hmm. place right and then somebody comes up and just says you know what like your kid is ugly and stupid you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like just imagine it to to a musician and i have kids so i think i'm allowed to say this you know what i mean it's it's similar not all the same but similar like it's it's something special that you hold near and dear to you that you know, like it it means something more than the average thing a person could be doing so yeah mm-hmm. don't ever think that the musician is separate from what you're leaving there and if your intention is to harm other people then maybe you should um take a look inside yourself and mm-hmm. reevaluate who you are you could just not like a song and have nothing to say how about <laughs> right. that yeah. you really could just keep just keep scrolling yeah. just keep moving I mean, on like you- that's always one of those things whenever i see people arguing on Facebook and whatnot. I'm like, why did you feel a need to say something in the first place? Like, well, just keep scrolling. If you don't like it, just keep moving. And it then the, the more attention hurt. that you get from your music, the more good and bad is going to mm. come. Yeah, from I mean, I suppose those those uh, those comments are are not okay, and they're and they're rude and they're hurtful. But I mean. It's probably good for your algorithms, at least. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're just well, commenting, well, we, so I mean, actually, you know, I mean, <laughs> there's a um, so the jokes on them, I suppose. Yeah, that's I mean, right. Like, you know, there, I there mean, is that marketing. Uh, we were just talking about the marketing strategy of like, you know, when you say something that's slightly um, polarizing, and and we were getting ready to re- release a cover song, and um, and we were talking about, you know, what if somebody doesn't like the cover song, and it's well, it's at least it's creating conversation. So it's like you, right. you do have that. So I guess. Um, you had even said too that in the past, you know, when somebody had said something negative about you, like your fans would just like ravenously like defend you. I will you do and- mercy deletes. <laughs> mercy called, delete. so I will they- delete which is really your fans out are of like mercy. a swarm of bees. Like yeah. they will like come <laughs> in and just then like I don't want people hurting other people. I mean, uh, I'm grateful that there are a lot of people that defend me and are willing to um, to like no ends. But I also don't want other people getting hurt because of me because 99% of what is said to me does not hurt my feelings or affect my day-to-day life. And I would just say um, that what do you want to be remembered for? Are you the person that put discord into the world and um, created separation and Mm -hmm. and used your life to propel hatred and, and that's what you're leaving behind because these are real marks you're leaving on the world that's bigger than you. It's going to ripple and it's mm-hmm. going to affect generations after you. 
acts of hate have done that. They affect generations after, yeah. um, you know, maybe the one kid you leave a comment on, um, you know, his, his song and then he kills himself and then his family's affected forever. And mm-hmm. then who knows, maybe uh, mom becomes a drug addict, has a couple more kids. She dies of an overdose. Those two kids, you know, grow up to become drug addicts and the, the cycle repeats. You never mm-hmm. know yeah, from right. one comment, from one hateful thing, you, you have intent uh, to put out into the world what can come from it, but it does have an effect. And then if you don't care at all about that, um, you're not a person I would want to be around. Yeah. So, yeah. and I think yeah. music is like you, I would have never thought about it, but music is one of the. Um, that is a really like vulnerable because it's music is vulnerable. You have to be yeah. vulnerable to make music, and then you're putting mm-hmm. it out there, and then somebody, it's like uh, it's like almost like uh, people are just primed to say something. Because they, you know, and like I said, especially when you get more attention, it's like, well, they're getting attention for their music. I'm just going to take them at their most vulnerable place and then just criticize it. Yep. Um, so that's that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about it before, just oh. now, like that. Well, <laughs> yeah. I will say, I will say this: your your fans, you know, can be like a a swarm of bees. But with that being said, you are are absolutely a good example a good um yeah you counter model that. right because i have not not only have i seen those fans like come to defend you and you have to mercy delete things i have also seen those fans because i watch your comments a lot just because i'm curious to see what's going on i have also seen them show love and compassion and kindness towards oh, somebody yeah. that just straight up says, I'm struggling right now. Oh, and yeah. if you are not seeing that comment that you know it's on a live or whatever, if you don't see that comment right away, there are 20 fans that are there to go. It's all right. I'm praying for you. This is, you know, reach out, like just message her. Like this is, you know, it's okay. Or uh, message me. I'm happy to talk. Like, I mean, I've seen this kindness on your page. Mm-hmm. And that's that because also, you're that way. Right. Because you're that way. Yeah. So, I mean, it's. You've set, the good, you. you've set a right. good example and a good bar to for people to, uh, uh, at least at the very least, a place where people feel comfortable being positive towards other people. And that's, right. that's saying something on the internet in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, I, I just want to clarify I don't think at all music is like my my kids um like as far as the love yeah. there like i don't want anybody, want anybody misinterpreting that i would take a bullet for my children not no, for a song i made yeah, um, yeah. yeah. but uh, i guess i was trying to relay it in a certain way like somebody saying your kid is ugly is kind of like somebody saying like your music is yeah, bad yeah, yeah. It's right, not, right. The, uh, there are just whatever that's the way my brain pieced it together it made sense but, to me yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i've uh, if uh, I would have made this longer, but I've got to drive back to my house, get there like midnight or so, and then get up early in the morning and catch a plane. Mm. So this is the life now. Yeah. Um, so I well, feel bad. Uh, thanks for uh, talking with us about a breakthrough about Thank the you. haters, and then yep. we'll uh, another episode next time. Yes, yep. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Be kind to each other, and I love you very, very much. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Breakthroughs with me, Shanda Lynn. Make sure that wherever you're listening to your podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, that you subscribe to my podcast and check us out every Wednesday at 5 a.m. We'll have a new episode. Thank you for being here.